Sing them over again to me, wonderful words of life. Let me more of their beauty see, wonderful words of life. Words of life and beauty, teach me faith and duty. Beautiful words, wonderful words, wonderful words of life. Beautiful words, wonderful words, wonderful words of life. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and intelligent and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for this way was well-pleasing in your sight. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father. Nor does anyone know the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son wills to reveal him. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Amen. As you can tell from the musical interlude, or how introduction, whatever you want to call that, Cameron is over there. (laughs) Hi. We let her out of mothballs this week. Yeah, thank goodness. Yeah. (laughs) And of course, if you don't know who I am by now, then, you know, you're better off. And we're here this week to tell you that freedom is only found in the right kind of slavery. Oh. Mm Mm-hmm. So is it really free? Are we really free? You'll have to decide that for yourself. Okay. All right. I have literally the best definition of the good, the bad, and the ugly this week. All right. I'm ready. I'll leave it up to you to decide which one's which. Well, you should have them in the order of which you say them. Eh. The good, the bad, the ugly. No, sometimes but I, I prefer have, it backwards. Sometimes <laughs> I have to save the best for last. I T- agree. Today is that day. So is it the best ugly or the best good? You're going to have to find out. <laughs> okay, so you'll I get to rank them at yeah, the end. Okay, so which one's good, bad, and which one's ugly? All right. All right. I'll pay you Story attention. number one. Okay. I read good. Is that really what you said? No, that's what I'm titling it. I read good. I read good. I can't no, say nothing. No, no, no. It's not I read good. It's I read good. I cannot say anything. I went to rural. A, yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I can't speak well, so it doesn't matter. For the next five years. Uh, okay, next five years. An Oregon high school diploma will be no guarantee that the student who earned it can read, write, or do math at you know, the high school level. Sadly enough, occasionally about once every two weeks, I stop doing it every day because it about killed me. Once every two weeks, I'll jump on Twitter and just kind of see what's trending. And I'd remember seeing this in their homeschooling, like, Oregon, you better homeschool your kids or they're going to be just as dumb as high schoolers, apparently, because the same thing. Hi, wife. They're dumbing everybody (laughs) up in here. And I remember reading that going, Wow. Charles Boyle, the governor's deputy communications director, said in an emailed statement that suspending the reading, writing, and math proficiency requirements while the state develops new graduation standards will benefit Oregon's black, Latino, Latina, Latinx, indigenous, Asian, Pacific Islander, tribal, and students of color. So all them white kids are going to be able to read, but they're not, they're not, Apparently, not so, here, so here, here's, oh, what the, here's what the governor's office of Oregon just said. Reading... Writing and math proficiency is racist and white supremacist. Because by getting rid of those requirements that a high school Uh diploma ensures that we have spent 12 years teaching your child to Uh read, write, and perform mathematical computations at a high schooler's level, 
by eliminating that standard, we are benefiting black, Latino, Latina, Latinx, indigenous, Asian, Pacific Islander, tribal, and students of color. What color was left out of that list? My favorite is that is the Latinx because I was gonna say that sounds like a dirty word for somebody. It? That's it? an insult. It's, it's like what they used to call um, Jews. Sounds the, like something yes. John Leguizamo would have dropped in a comedy show in the nineties. Yes, I agree. That, that, that just sounds yeah. like is that no, even no, right no. to say? See, Latino and Latina is transphobic. Okay, because Spanish is a gendered language. Yeah, you're right. You're so right. So in order to cover the non-binary amongst our so what words are those? I know it's like Lamu and Lemu and whatnot is that, but so now it's just they do tinks. That's that's the gender Neutral. non-binary. That's the the trans inclusive designation for someone of Hispanic origin. How about that? Okay, is they are Latinx. I'm I, sorry, I would be offended and want to knock no. somebody out. That's what I was. They go. called me that. That just leaders, sounds bad. Leaders from those communities. Okay. I won't read them again. Please don't. Have advocated time and again for equitable graduation standards, along with expanded learning opportunities and supports, Boyle wrote. Lawmakers and the governor did not pass any major expansion of learning opportunities or supports for black, indigenous, and students of color during this year's legislative session. The requirement that students demonstrate freshman to sophomore level skills in reading, writing, and particularly math led many high schools to create workshop-style courses to help students strengthen their skills and create evidence of mastery. That makes sense. Yeah. These kids have to demonstrate this before we can give them a diploma. We have kids that are struggling, so we create uh, workshops to classroom. help yeah. them do this. Yeah, it's like like, like extra credit to, to make Most sure. Most of those courses have been discontinued since the skills requirement was paused during the pandemic before lawmakers killed the requirement entirely. All together. Wow. So instead of continuing to give extra support to those who are still having a hard time or struggling or just need the extra practice, we're just going to get rid of it altogether by just getting rid of the requirement. Yeah. Democrats in the legislature overwhelmingly supported the uh, supported ending the long-time proficiency requirement, while Republicans criticized it as a lowering of academic standards. It is. A couple of lawmakers crossed party lines on the votes. Which way? I don't care. You know, it, well, I mean, it didn't say. <laughs> it didn't say. So, did, yeah. So, <laughs> my favorite is, so, okay, so we had kids who were struggling. We created a proficiency standard to hold schools accountable. Uh-huh. We created a way to help those kids so get schools, meet those standards. So the schools created a way to help the students yes, meet the standards. Which is so what they, they should do. Actually, so in other words, the school was, wait for it, doing their job. Yeah. What a novel idea. Uh-huh. And so, but now that we have, because here's the number one rule of humanity. Created a law. No, 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 no. Oh, no. This is, this is, this is how humanity works every time in every place. When we remove the requirement... Are you going to go out of your way to offer this extra stuff for students? IEP. If you don't have one, teachers ain't going to do nothing extra to help you. So, you no, know, you have to have that requirement. They don't pay me extra they don't, to do this. Look, yeah, I, you I don't, don't blame have, them. quote unquote, papers, as they call it back at home. Yeah. You don't have papers for the teacher that has to do these things to help you. You don't. They don't have to do it. So, I don't blame them, though, yeah. because you're, you're not right. paying me extra sure. to do all this work. So if I don't have, have to, to do, do it... it. Why mm-hmm. should I? Why should I do extra work for the same amount of money for no good reason? And we the, take the easy way out as much as possible. Because the reason why yeah. it's no good reason is because they're not my kids. Yeah. If they were my kids, there'd be a good reason because yeah. I they're mine. Care. They're, they're I my want kids. them. Yeah. yeah. Now, why is this story so much fun? Because, well, again, the pagan world sets up what kind of standard? None. 
a low And, and if you are standard. a child, you would think that that is a mercy. Yeah, it's like, oh, thank goodness. This makes it easier for me to do this. But, but <laughs> if you are entrusted with a duty and an obligation, like education for mm-hmm. children, removing standard and removing standards just means collective laziness. Uh-huh. Go have some fun and realize why Thanksgiving was such a big deal for the pilgrims. Yeah. They were thrilled that second year because they didn't die. die. Why did they almost <laughs> die the first year? Communism. Yes, you're right. And what mm-hmm. they discovered was, you know what? When we tried to work communally, everybody just raced to doing nothing. Which means the next year, no, you know what? You want to live? Go plant your crops and raise your food. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, shut up and get out and you'll die. And I don't want to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. They, they found that once several people realized everybody's working. Well, I don't have to. Government, several people did too. <laughs> government enforced charity is not actually charity. It's a tax, which means charity is taken away and thrown out the window. Welcome to every problem with bad school systems. Uh-huh. And even the, the, even the fundamental problem with good school systems is we're taking a parent's job and, and outsourcing it. And that's fine. If you want to outsource a parent, that's your decision. Do it. Yeah. But at the same token, realize that the government doesn't do anything out of the goodness of its heart. No, it doesn't. Not even a little bit. Mm-mm. Which means you'd best be involved in your kid's life. Remember, you are farming out some of the teaching because you are, in theory, hiring experts. Yeah. That does not mean you get to just be uninvolved entirely. Yeah, Always there's still your responsibility. remember that part of it. Yeah. All right. Story number two. Okay. Life is political. Life is political. Yes. Okay. The game of life? You know, you're going to like this. <laughs> All right. Don't. we got to set the stage now before we make sense of this. All right, so, so okay, I'll, be, I'll wait. I'll be patient. A Texas law that aims to eliminate almost all abortions in the state is part of a long-standing nationwide movement to restrict the right to abortion. The Texas law went into effect September 1st, 2021, mm-hmm. and severely limits the rights to have an abortion in that state. But the anti-abortion movement is aiming more broadly than just Texas and placing its bets very strongly on a case expected to be argued this fall at the U.S. Supreme Court known as Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health Organization. In that case, the state of Mississippi is asking the Supreme Court to decide on the constitutionality of any sort of prohibition on elective abortions before the fetus is viable outside the womb. If the court rules that these sorts of prohibitions are unconstitutional, that would overturn the long-standing decision in Roe v. Wade that women do have the right to have an abortion. Okay. A recent friend of the court filing in that case implicitly claims that biology, and therefore biologists, can tell when human life begins. The filing then goes on to claim explicitly that a vast majority of biologists agree on which particular point in fetal development actually marks the beginning of a human life. Neither of those claims is true. What? Neither is true? As, this is the author, as a biologist and philosopher. Oops. Mm -mm. (laughs) Wait a minute. You can't be into science and facts and be philosophical and hum and a hum and a hum. hum. Um, We got a problem here. Yeah, this, this, the person who wrote this is a professor of philosophy and biology at the University of Texas at Austin. A 
professor of philosophy, philosophy and, and biology. biology. So yeah. he can think things into existence <laughs> and think scientific stuff into the, okay. As a biologist oh, and a gracious. philosopher, okay. I have been watching players in the national abortion debate make claims about biology for many years. Abortion rights opponents know that Americans have widely differing values and religious beliefs about abortion and the protection of human life. That, that part is that true. That is true. Mm-hmm. So they seek to use science as an absolute standard in any discussion of abortion's constitutionality, setting a definition of human life that they hope will be immune to any counterargument. I actually agree with that summation. Okay, yeah. I've been making that argument for going on almost 20 years now. Yeah, we want science, and there you go. While possibly well-intentioned, this appeal to scientific authority and evidence over discussions of people's values is based on faulty reasoning. Philosophers, such as the late Bernard Williams, have long pointed out that understanding what it is to be human requires a lot more than biology. And scientists can't establish when a fertilized cell or embryo or fetus becomes a human being. I'm speechless. The, and then he goes through the stages of fetal development yeah. and, mm-hmm. and why you could disregard basically up until viability, the humanity of babies of the baby. And then this is the punchline. The overall point is that biology does not determine when human life begins. It is a question that can only be answered by appealing to our values, examining what we take to be human. He is not human. <laughs> So, therefore, my values oversee him. Therefore, we can put him down. So, basically, no. No. See, I was, I was, I almost almost stopped you when you were like, you know, the humana, 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 picking on the philosophers. But then I was like, you know what? That's exactly what this is. Uh So, we can't determine, then, no, no. I'm going to point something out, Christian, for those of you that would like to make the pro the pro-life argument, the anti-abortion argument. Mm-hmm. Did you notice the equivocation and red herring that was done here? Did you catch it? That heartbeat and value, uh, viability of a human is separate from the value of them in life. Close. Catch this again. This was the summation that we pretty much agreed with. Mm -hmm. Abortion rights opponents know that Americans have widely differing values and religious beliefs about abortion and the protection of human life. Yes. So they seek to use science as an absolute standard in any discussion of abortion's constitutionality, setting a definition of human life that they hope will be immune to any counter-argument. As if science can be... No, that, that, that's, we agree yeah, with that. Yeah, we agree with all that. So I'm still looking for the red heron or whatever. Scientists can't establish when a fertilized cell or embryo or fetus becomes a human being. That's not true. You missed the equivocation. So we can use science to not argue, but we can also argue against nope. science? No. Oh, so he's assuming that... Um, no. No, he's not assuming anything. He's equivocating intentionally. He's a- we are trying to define what? The anti-abortion pro-life argument is attempting to define what that thing is inside a woman's womb. What are we defining it as? Uh, life. A human, human life. Life. Yes. Science cannot establish when a fertilized cell or embryo or fetus becomes a human being. So he's saying life and be, human human life versus human being are two different things. What was his punchline? 
It is a que- biology does not determine when human life begins. It is a question that can only be answered by appealing to our values, examining what we take to be human. human. He's not arguing for the life component. He's not no. arguing against the life component. He's arguing against the human, human component. So he's he's debating on whether or not that baby is a human baby, not an alien baby or a cat baby or a no, doll baby. He's ar- he's ident- he's arguing when does humanity begin? Oh. See, we understand when life begins. Yes. Life begins at, at conception. conception. Yeah. It is a living yes. being. Right then, yes. Now, does it have a consciousness? I have no idea. At some point, it. I think is it, it does. Is it a fully developed human being? No. Not quite yet. Not necessarily. Yeah. Is it life? Yes. Yes. Why do we say that it is human life? You made the obvious argument because it's not an alien, it's mm-hmm. not a chicken, it's not a horse. He is the argument. I don't even know if it's a he or a she. I, I read the name and I didn't yeah, look it up, so a, I don't care. It doesn't make it any it worse, matter. yeah, or better. We don't want to misgender them, so we will just I refer to the author as it. <laughs> it. This it on the computer wrote this. It is making the argument not against life, but against humanity. Mm. We can define when humanity begins. begins. So you can be living. Trees are living. They breathe. They grow. They reproduce. Therefore, they're alive, but they're not human. So what makes it, what makes the baby, what, at what point does this baby that is growing become human? I don't have human? a moral problem cutting down a tree, whether it's 5,000 feet tall or whether it's the size so, of a water bottle. Yeah, I'm pulling it Why? out of the weeds. Because it's a tree. tree. So, yeah, so, so his thing is we know it's alive, but whether or not it's a human is different. Which again? Then what else would a woman be carrying? Now, now here becomes the problem. This is now this is the same argument that's always going. If you want to, if you want to look up somebody who does a great argument with this, uh-huh. um, Scott, I think it's Scott Klusendorf has the sled argument. Okay. Um, oh, I just went right out of my head. Size, location. Okay. Something else. I don't remember what the E is, and D is developmental stage. Okay. So. Because like here, here we go. See if I can find this. Because I, I pulled I pulled the whole article back up again real quick. All right. So the the options. The first uh, first of the stages of, is fertilization in the egg duct when a zygote is formed and the full human genetic material. But almost every cell in everyone's body contains the person's complete DNA sequence. If genetic material alone makes a potential human being, then when we shed skin cells, as we do all the time, we are severing potential human beings. That's just stupid. Yes, it is, because those cells are meant to... Because, de- what, again, what's the equivocation? He's equivocating my fingernails and my skin cells and my hair follicles. He's equivocating mm-hmm. that with a human, human embryo, which, as I said, at this point is now considered a zygote. Yeah. So, again, we're equivocating because who do we want to be able to define what humanity is? No, we want to. The second plausible stage is gastrulation, which happens at about two weeks after fertilization. At that point, the embryo loses the ability to form identical twins or triplets or more. Mm -hmm. The embryo therefore becomes a biological individual, but not necessarily a human individual. If it's not Not biologically human, human, then what what is is it? it? See, the equivocation here is on the term 
human. Uh-huh. The third possible stage is 24 to 27 weeks of pregnancy when the characteristic human-specific brainwave pattern emerges in, emerges in the fetus's brain. I always love this because fetus is literally Latin for, for a little, little one. Ba- yeah, a little one. Wait a minute. What, what were the dates? What were the 24 weeks? to 27 weeks. So what happens between two weeks and 24 weeks? Apparently voodoo in his There's mind. There's no brainwave. Disappearance of this pattern is part of the legal standard of human death. By symmetry, perhaps its appearance could be taken to mark the beginning of human life. No, that's 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 not. I, I disagree with so that because if you the have heart, a diminished brainwave pattern. You are now no longer human. human. See, we see the equivocation here on humanity and life. Because yeah. what are we saying? Now, look, I would I would agree. If the if a body no longer has brain function, it is no longer alive. Life. Yes. We understand but, that because when the brain stops functioning, heart stops beating, yeah. breathing stops, respiration yes. quits, all yes. that you're now dead. Yeah, exactly. Because the brain is the, the control the brain, center. The control center is out, yes. But if I have diminished brain function, but my heart is still beating and still my alive. lungs are still functioning and I'm still respirating, am I still human? Yes, you're still alive. You're I have to human. ask that question, though, because the way he's equivocating these definitions, uh-huh. that discussion is now validly on the table. No. That's where this no no I'm talking about from from its perspective. Okay. Think about this again. A possible stage for determining whether or not it's a human life is 24 to 27 weeks of pregnancy when characteristic human specific brainwave pattern emerges in the fetus's brain. Disappearance of this pattern is part of the legal standard for human death. Not necessarily because this was the argument what was that what was the case in Florida several years ago? Um the the, the Terry Shivo case. Terry's yes, Terry Shivo. Because left on her own. Um, she was still uh, cardio uh, cardiopulmonary yeah, she was system not on, was still functioning. Yeah, she was not on any but medical but brainwave activity was, was almost no. non-existent. Yeah, the argument was she's a vegetable. We can pull the plug. This is the same thing that happened in the um, what's that that Alfie Evans case. Uh-huh. Uh, Alfie, is, yes, and this Europe. is what happens all the time in these cases. And the argument becomes, why can we kill that thing now? Because it's no longer. Human. human. See, the argument from this end becomes important because you need to have a consistent argument on both, both ends of the ends. life spectrum. Yeah. And what the argument here is opening up is that while we're, we're – that's why I said what's the equivocation? He's not trying to argue the life argument. He's trying to argue the humanity human. argument because if I can minimize the humanity on one end at the beginning, I can, I can also minimize it on the – other end. And yeah. that's the problem. The fourth possible stage is the one endorsed by Roe v. Wade. Mm-hmm. The um, legalizing abortion is viability when a fetus typically becomes viable outside the uterus with the help of available medical technology. With the technology we have today, that stage is reached at about 24 weeks. No, 20 weeks. Actually, it's earlier than that. Well, he said about. I'm gonna. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna fight him on that yeah, one. But it's but earlier I mean, to, now. To have so, legitimate. Yes. We're not, you know, throwing a Hail Mary pass into the end zone viability. Yeah. I don't think anybody would argue with 23, 24 weeks. Yeah, yeah. They, they have, they are, they're now, micropremies are what they're called. They're after 20 weeks. Oh, I know. They, but, they, they can get, but yeah, anyone beforehand, I actually just finished reading something about that. Anyone earlier than that, the, the technology is still too strong. Yes. It actually does more harm than the good. The final possibility but, is birth itself. This is, I mean, perhaps biologists of the future will learn more. Until then, when human life begins during fetal development is a question for philosophers and theologians. No, No. it isn't. And policies based on an answer to that question will remain up to the politicians and judges. No. Sahatra Sarkar is professor of philosophy and integrative biology at the University of Texas at Austin. 
still an it because I don't know if that's a woman or a man. Yeah, so so like Sahatra. It's still What's a Sahatra Sarkar? I have no idea what a Sahatra in a other, Sarkar in other, is. In other countries, that could be male or female. I don't know. So, yeah. Yeah, so there you but, go. But, no, I mean, yes, technology, what? no, 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 no. I mean, as long see? as the heart is beating, there is still brain wave. And, yes, it can be minimal, but... This it is, doesn't mean it's not vain, doesn't deserve dignity. I mean, and this is why, Christian, knowing what you believe and why, why you believe it is so important because you should be able to read that. Don't argue the premise. His premise, its premise is mm-hmm. flawed yeah. because its premise is a logical fallacy. We're not going with the standard of a living organism descended from two human parents that will therefore be a human. Human. We're going with a philosophical definition of what does it really mean to be human. By this definition, though, there's a whole lot of people that could lose their humanity real quick. Uh, Mm -hmm. What if you have a severe disability? What if you have a mental handicap? Mm -hmm. What if you have a tragic car accident? And you go from a fully functioning adult with a job and a family and responsibilities to needing skilled nursing care care for the rest of your life. life. Are you still human? Exactly. Brainwave patterns are now changed. If brainwave patterns are the definition of humanity, then what happens when my brainwave patterns are modified? Is my humanity now Mm -hmm. modified? See, Christian, this is why this is not a philosophical or theological discussion. This is a basic biology discussion. And if you want to throw philosophy and whatnot in there, anyone who chooses to kill a life is not a human. This is, again, why we have to determine what kind of life it is. Why is it okay to do this? Because here's what the best part. The the people who are typically okay with abortion would, like, freak out if you, like, were killing a cat because it was pregnant. Oh, there's little kittens inside. No, they're not. We don't know know what their brainwave patterns are, whether or not they can feed themselves and care for themselves in the wild. I mean, see the issue? Uh Exactly. This is even the problem in the argument against viability. Why is viability not a good standard? Because viability would say, well, simply because you take you can't take care of yourself, you are no longer a human. human. We're not arguing your life. We're arguing your humanity. humanity. Humanity is determined by what? Now, this is where we'll get into a theological thing, and we'll be quick about it. Mm-hmm. Humanity is determined by God. Yes, it is. Imago Dei. You are made, made in his, his image. image. Therefore, you have human dignity and value, not because of what you provide, uh-uh. not because of what you look like, not because of what your brainwave patterns are, but because you simply exist in a universe created by God. Exactly. Get back to your foundations, Christian. These things yep. matter. And if you don't start at your foundations, you will end up chasing a philosophical nitwit around the University of Texas at Austin, apparently. All right. So far, this is the ugly one because that was just – Ugly, but it might change. (laughs) I guess we hate her all three. I'm just thinking. Story number three. (laughs) It may change. Beer rations. You you said good, bad, and ugly, not good, bad, and dumb. (laughs) Residents in apartment blocks locked down by the NSW Health. This is Australia. Uh, I guess that sounds like Australia. Okay. And are having their alcohol deliveries policed as part of a policy to limit the number of drinks being consumed each day. Australia's Australia, what is wrong with you? Come on, Aussies, y'all, y'all need to yeah, mm, mm, NSW, kangaroo up. <laughs> NSW Health has imposed rules limiting people in NSW health-controlled buildings to a certain amount of alcohol each day in a bid to ensure the safety of health staff and residents. Mission Australia's Common Ground Building in Camperdown is the latest building where occupants are subjected to the harsh rules. 
Residents of the social housing estate have complained that care packages sent by friends and relatives have been searched before they are delivered. They are searching all bags and things coming into the building. They confiscated a series of gifts. So things like bottles of spirits, we weren't allowed to have those, and we still aren't. Common Ground resident Robin L. Hodge said. Residents are allowed to receive a, uh, a ration of one of the following. Okay. Six beers or pre-mixed drinks, like the wine coolers. Yeah, okay. One bottle of wine or one 375 milliliter bottle of spirits. A day. A day. Well, that's still quite a bit, but... No. Agreed, but it's quarantine. <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's quarantine. What else are you doing? Excess alcohol is being confiscated until lockdown rules are lifted. Residents can consult with a clinician if they think they need more than the allowed limit. <laughs> that's the best part. Oh, man. I oh, got to go to the doctor to get me a prescription for my well, beer. beer. <laughs> See, this can't work. America, this cannot work in America. When they start talking about our ABC stores, um, For those that's of you be not ugly. in the South, uh, yeah. that is a thing in the Southern United States where yeah. due to the uh, the ancient Christian influence in those states, they have the Alcoholic Beverage Commission, yeah. the ABC, <laughs> and they actually run and regulate uh, consumption and sale of hard liquors. Yes, you so have to anything, go to a special Anything place. more than what would be considered normal wine. So typically anything above uh, 18% alcohol by volume. Yeah. So we do not live yeah. in a southern state any not, longer. Yeah. So, you, so you can buy whiskey at Walmart. Yes. And, yeah. As God intended. <laughs> <laughs> America. Yeah. But in, yeah, in the South, we have what's called ABC stores. Yeah. And so, so that's where if you want hard liquor, you have to make a special trip to there. And so believe me, and everybody knows when you go. My grandma has been... My my nanny, she needed it for cooking, but this, she went incognito. She actually dressed up in a mask and face and had glasses and oh, a hat. And it was hilarious, and no. she had to explain why but she was getting this it. The whole, wasn't this the whole quarantine joke in the United States for the last year? Yeah, is I'm that need all AA. these people working from home are just like I'm going to need AA meetings until the end of time? Yeah, either Weight Watchers or AA when all this is over with. So, yeah, I remember that. Now, okay, what is the but, point of this story? Uh, Other than you just needed a good laugh after the previous one. Yes, I agree. What's the lie of sin? Mm. What's the lie of sin in regard to Christianity? Because this this is the argument you'll get from the atheist, right? Well, I don't want to become a Christian. They don't let me have any fun. fun. I can't do this. I can't do that. It's just a series of stuff that I, I can't, can't do. What happens in the pagan world when you give the pagan government a little bit of control over everything? And they just keep on going. The no fun league suddenly does. Yeah, letting you have beer. Yeah, suddenly they're in charge. We're in charge. Uh No, they have to regulate. Yeah, yeah. When you're, yeah, Christians, we're like you shouldn't do this. Why? Because because sin does not want to offer you freedom. Sin wants to offer you slavery. Exactly. Christian, what's the lesson? That as we have turned to Christ and we have taken upon His burden and yoke, we are enslaved. Mm-hmm. To Christ. But in that is true freedom. Freedom from the stupidity of my own desires. Freedom from the idiocy of my own decisions and wants. And freedom to serve and worship God as I was intended Ten- as a creation made in his image. Yes. See, this is, again, why I come back to your foundations. The argument against this is not, oh, man, government's being mean. Or the flip side argument was really, because you're tempted for a minute there. Well, 
Do you, do you really need more than six beers a bottle or a bottle of wine a day? Really? Do you need more than a fifth of liquor a day, honestly? But the answer is, you know what? Not my problem. Mm-hmm. I don't care. If you're a responsible adult worshiping and serving God, I don't care. Sin yeah. cares. Because sin what does, does sin want to do? It sin wants to, wants to control you. and mm-hmm. trap every aspect of your life. And if that's your fun, then sin will make sure it takes it away because idols always do what to the hearts of their worshipers? Oh, they break them. Every single time. Yes, it does. So what have we learned here today, children? That sin has no real standard. I don't care what you learn. I don't care what you do. It's not my problem. Sin only has desire for lies. What is a human? In other words, did God really Really? say? Mm -hmm. And sin promises fun but in the end, delivers slavery. Questions, comments, complaints, send them to info at practicaltheologyministries.com. If you have perused the evils of social media, stop doing that. But if yeah. run across a story that we missed or something you want to see us cover and see if we can make sure we make sense of it from a Christian foundation, send it in. We'll be glad to do it. It's what we live for, to serve you, the people. <laughs> Until we meet again, read your Bible. It'll do you good. Bye. Bye.